You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome! To a Thursday edition and the final pre-Christmas edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. The last time you heard from us, Aaron Judge hadn't been introduced. Carlos Rodon had not been introduced. And Carlos Correa had signed with a different team. He's on the New York Mets now. That happened at like 3 a.m. yesterday. But the Yankees were able to maintain the back page through Steve Cohen's spending spree which will ultimately cause a lockout in 2026, as well as a hard salary cap. But the Yankees introduced Aaron Judge yesterday as the 16th captain of the Yankees, following such luminaries as Roger Peckinpah and Kid Elberfeld, the two people I've always thought were most comparable to Judge, but more recently, Don Mattingly, Derek Jeter, uh, some pretty big names, and Judge was greeted by Willie Randolph and Jeter at the presser, pretty exciting. And some breadcrumbs from Judge indicated this might not have been as tough a decision as we were led to believe. Plus, Carlos Rodon meets the media with his pitching coach, Matt Blake, on Thursday. Yeah, Matt Blake is back. He's doing appearances. He's giving Carlos Rodon's wife some flowers. It's legit. And what else is going on across Major League Baseball? The Yankees are trying to make one more move. Is it going to be a move that's bigger than Rodon? Is it going to be a bullpen thing? We're hearing about Brian Reynolds, and we're hearing about him more and more. So we're going to talk through all our thoughts on a potential Reynolds deal. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Along with a mailbag question, please leave a mailbag question in your comments, your review. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We are here 2 o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays, all season long, all off-season long. And not during the Christmas holiday, but we'll see you after the Christmas holiday. Um, and you can find us on all of those platforms. And as soon as the stream is over, find the audio recording on any of your podcast platforms. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. I don't know if you saw, did you see Howard Stern's uh, trade uh, proposal? How, how did you feel about Howard Stern breaking the, the Brian Reynolds news and, and Baba Bowie's trade package? Do you, do you feel like that was a fair, fair package? I mean, they know as they know as much as we do at this point, right? I mean, and we're pretty we're pretty dialed in. We kind of we've been coming up with some trade packages, and I don't think they're too far off. Howard, nice work. Everybody um, telling me Howard Stern is on Christmas break this week. I don't know what to tell you. He's still he's still managed to learn some uh, some of the inner workings of the Yankees front office. But according to Baba Bowie. Is Dominguez not in the package though? So that's huge. Oh yeah, gigantic. We present we. I, hey, I mean, it's now you have Reynolds and maybe Dominguez patrolling the outfield in 2024. Who knows? The Yankees are you know preparing themselves, putting putting themselves in a good position. I think uh, Baba Bowie knows what he's talking about. Um, I agree. He's not, he's not taking a holiday break. The guy run, the guy runs radio. Yeah. Dialed it all the media. time. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he have his hand in uh in the New York media in the New York sports <laughs> landscape? Uh, let, let's talk about Aaron Judge first, though, before we get too yeah. deep into uh, the Stern uh, universe. Aaron Judge is our official captain. Uh, some people want to quibble with this. No World Series wins. No World Series appearances. 
2017 to 2022 not quite enough for you people uh and i get it who do you think people are people are quibbling but i i think if you bring him back and make him a yankee for life which they did i don't really know why you're served not naming him captain you clearly brought him back to be the de facto captain of the team and now it's official uh and what is a captaincy it's just making official what's already unofficial they're not telling him to lead and saying you've never led before so try it out now they're just saying you are the straw that stirs the drink. Now it's on your jersey. Everybody knows it. Yeah, and that's that's the image of New York you need. You need a clear leader, in my opinion. You know, this is what New York baseball has been about. I understand Jeter wasn't named captain until after those World Series, but um, yeah. the Yankees had a lot of influential members in that dynasty. Where not saying Jeter wasn't deserving of captain, but it would have been weird to you know have him over maybe like Paul O'Neill or Bernie or these other guys who were who set the table and were bonafide stars. Um, so after that, you know, that era ended, it was obvious. Jeter was the last remaining person from that, from the, uh, one of the last remaining people from that dynasty, the clear, obvious leader, the guy who was emblematic of New York in every sense of the word. Um, we'll never get another Jeter again, in my opinion, but Aaron judge is a close second MVP caliber player says all the right things doesn't really get in doesn't really never gets into trouble. Um, he's, he never throws his teammates under the bus. He takes responsibility for everything. He's got everybody's backs. He's a clear influential individual in the dugout. His teammates have nothing but good things to say about him. This is a guy you made captain. We knew that this was coming. This was definitely contingent on the deal, the lifetime deal to remain a Yankee. Um, it made no sense for this to not be the logical next step. I saw a fucking dumb tweet. Dumb, how many dumb tweet? How many smart tweets are there? Actually, are there any? The Howard Stern one was good, but other oh, that was, yeah. I mean, yeah. okay, so the top one percentile tweet about why we shouldn't name ju- name Judge Captain after we win a World Series. World Series for most teams happen once or twice in a lifetime. World Series don't championships don't just happen. Some fan bases are obviously more. Uh, uh, fortunate than others to have that experience to say that we're going to sit here and wait to name somebody captain who has pretty much earned it outside of a couple of things. Could judges playoff performance have been better? Sure. Could judge have a world series? Sure. Injuries have derailed a lot of what the Yankees were trying to do. Obviously it doesn't take away from them falling short on a multitude of occasions when it seemed like they had everything in their control, but to say that Judge needs to earn a World Series in order to be named captain is insane. There are captains of teams everywhere who have not won shit. They just represent the team well. They operate on a different kind of plane than the average person does because they're able to acquire these leadership qualities, keep everybody in check, be a, be a, you know, a source of guidance and things like that. And Judge is clearly that. Whether you think it's the right decision or not, what's the other option? Rebuild the Yankees and figure it out after that. Continue to not have a captain. I think a captain is. I think a captain is an essential aspect of a team. That's how you build a winning culture. You have a nucleus, a, a, a clear reference point on who your best player is, who your most uh, beloved player is, who the most admired player is, and then everything else falls into place. Everybody who knows they're coming to New York knows it's Aaron Judge's team. Everything goes through him. That's the way it should be. Aaron Judge has earned this with his MVP caliber play. Whine about the injuries all you want. I just did a side-by-side with him and Correa. You give Correa a 12, 13-year contract, and people are, oh, you gave Judge nine years. It's going to take Correa the same length of time to go through that contract in terms of what age he'll end up with, what age he'll be at the end of it. And he's missed more games than Judge. Been injured almost every year. With durability issues, the Giants called off that deal because of a, I think that was BS, but there was a concern in the medicals that they didn't like. Obviously, it wasn't a big enough concern uh, concern for Steve Cohen, um, who gave him $315 million. So um, stop complaining about, uh, I don't know who's quibbling about the judge contract outside of Red Sox fans who are trying to reason with themselves to get one victory this offseason. They're not getting one, unfortunately. Um, and anybody else who has higher standards in determining what makes a captain a captain what makes a captain is personality delivering on the field being a source of guidance for somebody else that's what Aaron Judge is end of the story
And it was interesting that Judge obviously is is the officially named captain now of the New York Yankees, but sounded yesterday like he wasn't sure this would be the same experience and the same leadership experience for him without Anthony Rizzo. That Rizzo is back. He had a really heartfelt quote about like, oh, you know, that guy established his reputation as a leader in Chicago. He's only built on it here. I'm glad I don't have to go through this without him, et cetera. So he sort of got a right-hand man too. Like we, we've named a singular captain. They were never going to name one and a half year Yankee Anthony Rizzo as the official captain of the team. We don't do two captains at once. We don't have special teams captains in baseball. There's no bullpen captain and regular captain, but Aaron Judge is, is going to lean on Anthony Rizzo, who's made it quite clear that Judge is the person that people look to in the locker room. And I think Rizzo is that guy as well. Uh, there was also a GQ shoot of Judge, Rizzo, and Stanton that dropped yesterday. Kind of weird. Uh, I don't know why you shoot that unless you know Judge is coming back. Otherwise, you're prepared to throw a GQ shoot in the trash can, which I think is also worth mentioning. Uh, kind of sounds like Aaron Judge was always going to come back. And uh, it's easy to trick yourself during the free agency process and say he's really considering the Giants. He's really considering the Padres, X, Y, Z. We all know his agents played this so well, but now we know that uh, the Giants can't seem to find anybody to take their money. There's something rotten going on there. The the Correa thing, a disagreement on the physical is is a nice diplomatic way to put it. But according to everybody, Correa was dressed, ready for the press conference yesterday. They didn't sense any hesitance or reluctance. And then they expressed concern over an injury from when he was 19, like an ankle injury from the minor leagues, derailed a $350 million Carlos Correa deal as the last resort of an offseason where you thought you were getting Judge, you thought you were getting Carlos Rodon, and then you thought you were getting one of the top shortstops. You now get nothing because you were concerned about an injury from when Correa was 19, not even the back issues that have kept him out, not even the massage injury, a.k.a. the sex injury. Like, you're nervous. Yeah, Correa may or may not have had a bone broken via. Uh, I'm not the first one to say that. But it, it was some old, old ankle issue. Like, what a strange thing to bring up. And so Judge said something in his press conference yesterday about, like, uh, the free agency experience was really rewarding or something. Like, a real dig at the process that sounded like, he never said, you know, the Giants pushed and I was really torn and I was you know, having sleepless nights. He was just like, yeah, you know, that was a good lesson for me. I enjoyed that. And now I'm a Yankee for life. And Hal Steinbrenner said, you know, I never treated you like a free agent. I treated you like a Yankee. Judge said in the aftermath of the press conference, Michael Kay asked him about the breadcrumbs he was leaving, kissing the logo on the jersey, wearing the New Yorker Nowhere sweatshirt. And he said, I wasn't leaving you breadcrumbs. I was leaving you the whole loaf. Uh, So when Judge said, also, you don't have to be a reader of clues to figure that one out. Because Judge, right after he didn't agree to the extension before opening day, said, I'd like to be a Yankee for life. So it's not like he was like, ooh, New York or nowhere. Does that mean he doesn't want to go anywhere? He said using his mouth and words, I want to be a Yankee for life. Now, was everybody right to twist themselves in knots? Yeah. I mean, John Heyman tweeted he was going to the Giants. So it's not like uh, it's not like people were wrong to panic. But I judge, panicked. I panicked uh, seven minutes, seven crazy minutes. And then even after the seven minutes were over, I went to bed thinking I'm going to wake up and he's going to leave. Because why would anybody tweet that if it wasn't close? Yeah. If it wasn't basically reality. Uh, but Judge apparently all along knew what he wanted. And so when Hal Steinbrenner called him from Italy – uh said do you want to be yankee because i'll make this happen he said yes and i think he never wavered on that and we know that because the padres offered him 414 million dollars and we know that because of the pride he took in being named captain yesterday uh and aaron boone said you know the the time we where you didn't have judge he kind of felt like when you you lose your keys and your wallet and your ipad he said ipad like we, most of us use phones before ipad but sure. and you, you you lose your ipad and then Somebody comes to you the next day at the hotel and he goes, here are these for you. And and that's uh, definitely an apt metaphor. Boone is as happy as the last couple of days. But there there may have been that moment for the rest of us and for Boone and for Hal in Italy meeting with the Pope. Uh, but for Judge, it doesn't seem like there was that moment. It seemed like he always knew where he wanted to be. And the team, uh, I think we were a little worried they might get silly with it and read the tweets and be like, you know, he hasn't won a World Series yet. He might need to wait a couple more years to be captain. But 
soon as somebody tweeted that Willie Randolph was there, it was like, oh, they're going to do it. And then Jeter's there. Uh, Madding. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I guess with the Toronto Blue Jays now, I can't make the trip. Roger Peckinpah is dead. Uh, but other than that, they were able to collect the captains and, and put on a pretty good effect. Imagine of all the times for them to read the tweets, they're reading it for like the most important decision they have to make in recent history instead of reading some of the tweets about some bad trades that have been made over the last four years. Maybe get some clue there. I think you just got to follow uh, your gut when it comes to really important decisions. You can read the you can read the hate content after you trade for Jay or sign Jay have to an extension or um, make a blockbuster Josh Donaldson deal and inherit twenty five million dollars in salary when you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of putting more money on the payroll, we love it when it's the right decision. Judge number one, Carlos Rodon number two. He's officially a New York Yankee, which Judge mentioned during his presser, which we were unsure of. If that was allowed in the world of Carlos Correa, I was like, this better happen. Better go on a schedule. Like, we yeah. just don't know. You have Correa bounce in the middle of the night, go to the Mets. Um, and then Judge is like, yeah, we got Rodon. We got more moves coming. So, uh, going back to Judge for a second, the captain gets named captain immediately, whether it was direct or indirect, kind of applied pressure to the Yankees, right? He's like, well, you know, we got Rodon. We needed to make an impact move. And now we, you know, some other moves might be coming. It's like, are other moves actually coming? Or are you just saying this now to have them poop their pants to make more moves? We don't know. But he was happy to see Rodon. He described him as a bulldog, which I think is the absolute perfect description. You saw Rodon take the podium today. Uh, unbuttoned jersey, clean shaven. Guy just looks like he's ready to kick your ass. Um, I absolutely love the vibes from him. He's here. Um, and uh, it, it feels I don't, it feels good. I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy in my descriptors or my optimism, but um, there's a different energy right now. You get back to back, really positive press conferences, judges returning, Carlos Rodon's here. Um, we got to say goodbye to a few Yankees in a, in a, in a second, because we had a couple of departures, but um, this has, this has some of the best free agent vibes in, in recent memory. And I know judge was retained, but Getting a guy like Rodon, whether or not you are optimistic about his long-term view, is a move that the Yankees are making because they are saying we want to win now. We have watched back-to-back Cy Young caliber seasons from Rodon, and the Yankees, whether or not they believe if the fourth, fifth, or sixth years are going to pan out on this deal, 
they have a belief that years one, two, one and two, or one through three are going to be dominant enough to say, we're going to bring a world series back to New York. And we're going to do it while Aaron judge is in the prime of his career. And we're going to maximize these years as best we can. And guess what? All the other stuff you're hearing about potential big moves on the way. Aaron judge is going to tell you at the press conference, you're going to hear some stuff from Jack Curry. Someone's going to mention Brian Reynolds, whether that's true or not, either way, I like the direction we're going in. And I love, I know this is off topic, but I love the New York baseball scene right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like Carlos Correa. I like that he went to the Mets. This is fun. Steve Cohen's out spending the Yankees and that's fine. I have no, I, I have, I feel no, nothing bad about that. I think it's a good time. I think that um, it's two heavyweights just going at it, trying to be the best they could possibly be in the biggest market in the entire world. Um, and this is the way it should be. The Yankees had done it for so long, and then they went to this weird lull where they, where they were trying to like figure out what their identity was truly. We didn't know what was going on. They whiffed on a couple of free agent classes, and then they kind of got spooked. The Mets had the Wilpons, who just never really went over, never really, never went over the top to make this team competitive. No. Um, and now we're seeing, we're just seeing money being thrown around, which is what it should be. Just throw money around; it'll come back to you eventually. You ever just go out, spend a shit ton of money, and you're like, oh, well, I just wasted a lot of money, but I had a good fucking time, and now I'll rest for a couple weeks, and it'll be great. I'll have a great time waiting it out, resting, and then I'll save up, and I'll go back out again. For billionaires, just keep throwing the money out there. The party's going to keep coming back to you. You're going to get people in the seats. You're going to get the results you want, and even if you don't, you're still running a billion-dollar industry. Uh, You ever wake up up hungover and realize you accidentally bought James McCann? (laughs) (laughs) So frustrating. But yeah, I'm loving the vibes here. This is, it's, it's the best I felt in a while. And um, if we actually have other moves on the way, which we're talking about left field, we're talking about the bullpen. I don't know what big bullpen expenditures you can make at this point. um, But I'm liking I'm liking what I'm hearing about Brian Reynolds, even though I don't know if that's entirely the fit. Um, I think if Brian Reynolds is on the table, then you got to expect Ian Happ to be on the table at some point. Um, the Yankees can make that happen. I think that they know they know at this point there's an urgency and they need to fill the vacancies as soon as possible. Yeah, let's uh, let's pivot to the the rumor mill and the Brian Reynolds yeah. stuff and, and the Mets just for a little bit because th- this Mets stuff is so fun. The, the Mets have... I saw tw- you want to talk about dumb tweets again, the Howard Stern division of dumb tweets and people saying, you know, judge needs to win a world series. I actually saw somebody yesterday saying they're so sick of being outbid, always being outbid by the Mets. Always it's been one year. It's been one year. The Mets had a $50 million budget prior to this. The Mets have not been doing this ever. So any Yankee fan who wants to complain about this has to be a kid because we, we did this. Yeah, child, it's all children. We did this in the early 2000s. It worked once. We ruined our championship core by adding these ridiculous, chunky, thick expenditures. Jason Giambi, Mike Messina, Kevin Brown, like the Gary Sheffield trade. These were the worst years of Yankee baseball. They resulted in the biggest playoff choke in baseball history. And that leads me to... The Mets are doing it, right? They're outspending everybody by $100 million. This is a new stratosphere. Nothing is stopping them from doing anything. That's the most inspiring part, that they're clearing out salary like James McCann, and they're looking to trade Eduardo Escobar, but they don't even really have to be doing that because they're willing to put $26 million of Carlos Correa's money on top of what they've already spent just to do it. And that's wonderful. But guess what? The target is on your back. Nobody else's. The Houston Astros are the World Series champions, and they don't have as much pressure to win next year as you do. The New York Yankees are the New York Yankees, and they don't have as much pressure to win next year as you do. You won 101 games this year. You only discernibly got better when you signed Correa because Verlander is more durable than DeGrom, but not better, and DeGrom was in that playoff series. So no real gain there. Senga is better than Chris Bassett, I think. But I don't really know what he is. Correa is a huge addition on the left side of the infield. The bottom of the lineup, still kind of weak. Mark Kenna, Tomas Nito, Starling Marte got hurt last year. I'm not sure how much better the Mets are than they were last year. I just know 
that this very, very good and very expensive Mets team needs to get better breaks than they had last year. They can't have Scherzer and DeGrom, <laughs> a Scherzer and Verlander show up small at the end of the year. Correa needs to stay healthy and they need to win the World Series because if they don't, they are going to get clowned on to an historic degree. And I'm not sure if Met fans are ready for that because Met fans have been doing that to Yankee fans for decades. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. KFC Barstool, his first thought after the Mets signed Correa was the Yankees. Congrats to you. The Yankees are not playing in your stratosphere right now. They're not. They should be. So many owners should be, but they're not. The Padres and the Mets are the two teams yeah. doing this dance. And good for the Mets, but the pressure is going to drop on you. When this will be the most important postseason of your lives to date. You are not the Mets anymore. You are the designed favorites by leaps and bounds. Yeah. And I'm not sure your team is that good. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, it, I go back and forth on this because you look, you do look at the, 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 the shifts, I guess the Mets made the players they, that, that left and the new players that are coming in and you're like, did they really get that much better? I'm not sure. But in the end, they, you don't need, once again, you don't need an all-star at every position. You need durability. You need, you need guys who come through in the clutch. You need a decent amount of depth and you need luck. You need to stay healthy. You need to, uh, you need to have the ball bouncing your way, especially towards the end of the season, which the Mets did not have this year, losing the division down the stretch and then faltering to a, I guess, a hot Padres team at the time. Um, so there are so many other factors that go into actually winning. Um, I don't think it matters that the Mets may not have entirely gotten that much better. Um, I think a renewed sense of energy is kind of the key here. Um, you look at the Yankees, right? If they had just brought back Aaron judge, not only is that team not good enough, but the vibe check is bad among the fans. The fans are sitting there and they're like, well, this is good, but this is also not what we need. This is not enough. We've seen it not be enough for now five years. Um, So we got to do something Um, for the Mets. I think you make a couple of changes where, you know, you're losing DeGrom. I think we, I did Mets fans know any Mets fans here in the chat. Let us know. I felt like you guys were losing DeGrom. He was standoffish about so many things. He ran away from the media two years ago when they asked him about his arm. Um, he never really opened up to the media in general, a uh, very monotone reserved guy. Uh, and I thought, you know, I had a feeling that, you know, De- uh, DeGrom leaves, the Mets will figure it out. Whether it was with a long-term deal with the starting pitcher or whether it was a short-term deal. I, I didn't think it mattered. Um, and for the remainder of the roster, it was like, you just need to get Somebody in at third base, that was like, you know, they were talking Devers. They were talking um, is, you know, is Manny going to opt out? That could be our guy for next year. They end up getting Correa, which is awesome. They retain Nimmo. People are saying, oh, this is way too expensive. It's whatever, dude. The guy plays good defense. He gets on base. Maybe he's not the best player of all time. This is what the market costs now. People are talking about, oh, it's insane. He's getting paid $20 million a year. The Mets don't care. Most teams don't need to care. You retain the continuity that is, is that that you've established with guys like Nimmo, Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil. And then you add a couple of go-getters out there. You get two former Astros that won a World Series together in Berliner and Correa. You get a, you get a, one of the best Japanese pitchers on a five-year deal that's, a, that's favorable. You patch up things with the bullpen. You keep Edwin Diaz as continuity in the back end. Um, I don't think – and same breath with the Yankees. I don't think that there needs to be alterations beyond comprehension – I, I still will sit here and say, I don't think the Yankees need to make a Brian Reynolds trade. I just don't. I think that they can fill that void with someone like AJ Pollock and you just bring in a different dimension. You get another veteran, you get a guy who kind of kicks ass when he's protected in the lineup and it changes the complexion of things. The Mets changed the complexion. The Mets made people forget, in my opinion, about DeGrom leaving, about you know other deficiencies they may have had last year. The Yankees are also doing the same thing. They're making people forget that this roster is flawed, right? This roster still is very flawed, but you got, you watch a guy like Aroldis Chapman. He's gone. That's, that's a, that's a win for the Yankees. Well, we hope he's gone. 
We hope he's, we not hope he's gone. We hope he's gone. The market is next to nothing at this point, yeah. but he's got to be gone. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You get some of these losses and you replace them with guys who clearly have a will to win. Carlos Rodon. The guy is a maniac when he's on the mound. That is the energy you need. So we could sit here and debate the talent level or the actual production level for both of these rosters. And I think that there is a conversation to be had. We can look at the numbers. We can look at the, we can look at the, the, the war. We can look at the defensive run save. We can look at the outs above average. We can look at the clutch stats. It's whatever. All that matters is you get the fans hyped. You change things up in the clubhouse. You bring some winners in. You get people with the right attitude. That's all that matters. Stuff will eventually fall into place and things will go your way. So either way, regardless of if the Yankees actually got better or the Mets actually got better, I'm not, I don't even care. I just love that we're seeing some spending. I love that we're seeing a a renewed sense of hope surrounding two teams that – quite frankly, disappointed last year, whether you think the Yankees actually did or not, um, even though they weren't the better team than the Astros. Um, it, 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 and while the, the rivals, right, the Braves lost to Hensby Swanson, you look at your other rivals, how many off seasons in a row did the Yankees say, oh, you know, our AL rivals are getting worse. You know, Correa is leaving. The Rays are losing a bunch of guys. We'll just, we'll hang out and wait for things to happen. The Braves actively got worse. The Red Sox are, I don't even know what they're doing. The Orioles are not upgrading when they should. The Blue Jays have marginally gotten better, if you can even say that. The Astros are not in trouble, but they've lost key pieces. The Yankees have only added and are continuing to talk about adding. And the Mets are spending money to make all their problems go away. And in my opinion, it's working. So I think people should just appreciate the fun because this is what it's all about. There are people in Kansas City right now, guys, who can't even believe what they're – what what was Kansas City's investment this offseason? They paid Jordan Lyles $17 million. The Orioles paid Kyle Gibson $10 million. And these are teams that were the, – the, the Orioles are on the up and up. The Royals won a World Series six years ago. That was the ALCS matchup within this decade was the yeah. Orioles and Royals. And the Royals, yes, yeah, signed Jordan Lyles and Ryan Yarborough. And the, the Orioles just paid James McCann to be Adley Rutschman's backup. And Adam Frazier and Kyle Gibson. That's what's going on everywhere else. Yeah. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you just, you got to appreciate what's going on. And you have the Dodgers who are opting to not spend because they're worried about a luxury tax uh, repeat offense and Trevor Bauer's appeal. Um, legitimate worries. Sure. But that this could be Clayton Kershaw's last year in LA and they're not really going for it. They're trying to usher in a new era of Dodgers baseball. The giants are having the worst offseason. I don't know what, like, we've been along for a while. Uh, we've been uh, we've been along. We've been alive for a while. We've seen a lot we've of offseasons. We've been along. Yeah. We've been, we, we also are along. In histo- in a historic sense, since free agency only started in the set late 70s, have we seen a worse offseason from a team that had high expectations a, to bring in new players after, you know, two years removed for, from a 107-win season, and B, a team with kind of endless resources based on their market and the availability on the payroll. You just got to be appreciative that, you know, teams like the Yankees and Mets are waking up and they realize, like, you know what, whether we're putting pressure on ourselves or not, we're going to go for it. And if the you know, putting pressure on ourselves ends up being doing us in, then, you know what, we tried everything we could. What's the other option? 
try to keep the spotlight off you. The Red Sox consistently try to do that. The Red Sox love playing the underdog, trying to keep the spotlight off them. That's not a sustainable model. That's like lucking into a bunch of guys overachieving what they're capable of and, you know, hitting home runs on low key um, trade acquisitions or homegrown talent that, that wasn't expected to blow up as, as, as much as they did. So you have the resources, do it, you got to do it and you got to have good energy. And then you get good energy. The vibes come, the universe makes it all work. I don't know. Let's get into astrology. Rodon, yeah. Rodon is the culture changer for me. Um, he's a man, a few words. He got up there on the podium today and basically, you know, looked relatively uncomfortable, but then delivered a great speech. He also thanked his parents for birthing him, which iconic. <laughs> uh, but then he, uh, he, he, in the little uh, interview afterwards with, with Jack Curry, he started getting into his pitch mix and talking about people telling him to de-emphasize his changeup. But then he said, you know, I uh, obviously threw a lot of changeups in my no-hitter in 2021, so I disagree with those people. And then started realizing what he was saying and basically was like, you're making me give away secrets. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this anymore. And he sort of combatively went at Jack Curry and, and uh, Bob Lorenz sarcastically, sure. But then the cameras caught him talking to Randy Levine off to the side for like an extra minute or so. And it seemed like he maybe had gotten into his own head a little bit. He is a fire breather. We know it. He's CC Sabathia. He's very particular, yeah. very prickly. He's somebody that he's with their eye on for quite a long time. And he might not have passed the San Francisco Giants physical because he's had injuries in his past. Uh, but he seems to be largely past those concerns now. He had, you know, Tommy John surgery, the UCL in 2019. He fights back. He, he gets his innings capped in, in 2021, coming back in the first full year after that. He starts to get that tired arm down the stretch. He throws a full year last year. I mean, if you can keep him at 170, 180 innings, I think he'll be great. Uh, obviously, the Yankees have to do a little preparing for Rodon to pitch in the playoffs this year. Hopefully, one would hope, uh, as the Red Sox get worse and the Orioles refuse to spend and, and the Toronto Blue Jays continue to – uh, they're still showing us trailers for that movie. I haven't seen the movie yet, uh, but I Different don't know. Cuts. I don't it's know what that movie is. Is it like, is it Avengers Endgame or is it like the Fablemans? Is it just like a two and a half hour tearjerker or is it like an action movie? I don't really know. Um, but the division is worse. The Yankees are better. And Carlos Rodon is something, is the literal definition of what they've lacked. So yeah. I think there were alternatives and there are alternatives for Brian Reynolds. I think waiting for Ian Happ, is a great one. I think the left fielder of the future may come to you. I don't want to start the year with Oswaldo Cabrera as my left fielder, but there was no alternative to Carlos Rodon. You had to close this deal. And they closed it and and got him out to the podium. Uh, Randy Levine and his fucked up glasses introduced him today. Hal Steinbrenner had to leave and go to Florida for some reason, couldn't make it. Uh, I think that, I hope that was a legitimate reason. I think it probably was because Hal Steinbrenner's proven over the last couple of weeks how much he cares about this team. Now yeah. he's done not a 180, but like a 140. And so I don't think he would just go home and be like, yeah, I'm not doing the road on press conference. I'm <laughs> sure there was a reason for that. Uh, Randy Levine is a bit of a goofball, but Rodon got up there, cut through his press conference. Again, thanked his parents for birthing him, which I do want to mention a second time and uh, handled it perfectly. I, I can't wait to see him uh, be the number two in this rotation um, but but let's talk about our Reynolds packages, yeah. because please, I think this is constantly evolving. And at this hour, no matter what Howard Stern says, I don't think the Yankees <laughs> are getting Brian Reynolds. I don't because uh, it, it does keep evolving. And it's all John Morosi today is being fed uh, something. Somebody is feeding him either the agents or the Pirates, because this morning he he tried to say that the Pirates prefer pitching. And he said, one obstacle to a trade, Yankees among the teams in contact. One obstacle to a trade is that Pittsburgh prefers starting pitchers to headline the return and top end of the Yankee system is deeper in position players. Mm-hmm. Then people kept speculating about the Yankees. And I think somebody who ever told John Morosi to say that was like, you didn't do a strong enough job making that really obvious, man. So mm-hmm. he came back at it during this podcast and said, if the Pirates trade Brian Reynolds this offseason, they're looking for at least one top starting pitcher to headline the package such as Bobby Miller, Dodgers, or Ricky Tiedemann, Blue Jays, both of whom rank among the top 40 prospects in MLB per MLB Pipeline. The Yankees straight up do not have a pitching prospect in the top 40 of MLB Pipeline's list. Even I'm going to bemoan trading people for Frankie Montas and Scott Efros, all, you know, getting rid of Hayden Wesneski and J.P. Sears and Ken Waldachuk and Luis Medina and thinning out the top part of your farm system pitching-wise. It bugs me for sure, and it makes this more difficult. But even Ken Waldachuk, 
is number 67 on that list. The other guys not mentioned. So even Waldachuk is no, like, he's not Ricky Tiedemann and he's not Bobby Miller in the eyes of prognosticators. So I don't think the Yankees are getting this done without involving a third team. I'm looking at the Miami Marlins who want Glaber Torres, who have two top 45 pitching prospects. They got Yuri Perez in the top 10. He's probably untouchable. What about Max Meyer? He's their number two. He's an MLB Pipeline's top 45. Without doing something kooky like that, I don't think the Yankees have the ammo to get this done because a lot of people convince themselves, all right, well, we don't have that top-end pitching, but like surely they're going to want Oswald Peraza. He's major league ready, and so is Austin Wells. Maybe they'll bite on Luis Heal and Will Warren. John Morosi is saying they won't. So I don't think they get this done without a third team, but I wonder what your thoughts are. I, I don't think this is feasible. I think it's uh, the the Yankees have gotten the better of the Pirates in recent seasons. That's objective, and I know that that's probably feeding into the process here. On top of that, Reynolds is the greatest asset that they are going to trade since I don't even know. I can't think of a you know I can't think of a team such as the Pirates who are in the situation that they're in trading a cost controlled asset with three years remaining um, under the team uh, under the team control uh, and getting an underwhelming package. Yeah. They uh, traded McCutcheon with only one year left of control, which is, makes they, sense. they did receive a pretty good package. Brian Reynolds from the giants. Wow. I did not know that. Look at that mm-hmm. fucking factoids. Um, quickly. I just like to laugh at Dodgers fans because Bobby, they, they mentioned Bobby Miller. There was a trade proposal going around um, you know, the perfect the perfect deal that'll make Dodgers fans absolutely love this Brian Reynolds trade. Michael Bush, Andy Pajes, and Ryan Pepio. That's not getting the fucking deal done, dude. Um, you're talking about somebody who and look, we can we can dissect how truly valuable Brian Reynolds is. Um you want him to play left field, folks? Uh that is where he's the weakest defensively based on his entire profile. Um, he's played the second most games in left field. He has the worst fielding percentage. He's made five errors in 134 games. Is that necessarily bad? No, but he's a center fielder. That's where he's played over 300 of his major league baseball games, 99.4 fielding percentage there. Um, the defensive metrics don't really check out, um, negative 16 DRS and only four outs above average over his career there. So I don't know. I watched the guy. He's athletic. I feel like he covers a lot of ground. Um, he is a switch hitter, which certainly helps. Um, if I'm the Yankees, uh, once again, if I'm being, if I'm being bullied into surrendering a ton of assets here, I just don't do it. Outfield assets are largely expendable. You can find an athletic outfielder for a fraction of the cost. And look, I'm not looking to be cheap here, but if you're talking about the Yankees mortgaged a good amount of their future at this last year's deadline, um, and part of that was necessary, whether it was 40 man guys or whether it was just guys blocked because of a uh, uh, better talent in front of them. You got to make deals like that. Sometimes you have to overpay a little bit, especially when you have the surplus. If you're looking at the next coming of Yankees players and the assets with what the pirates are looking for, the Yankees cannot get a one for one deal done here. And if they can, you probably based on what the pirates are asking for, you got to include Anthony Volpe. And I don't even know if they want Anthony Volpe, but then you're talking about getting rid of the guy, the hometown guy who you think you can market for the next decade alongside Aaron judge, which is going to make this team a true, you know, a, a true bonafide championship contender or whatever it is. So I think you're a thousand percent, right? This is going to take a third team in the mix. This is going to take the Yankees getting rid of maybe a major league asset to another team. That's going to help them acquire pitching prospects that satiate the pirates needs. Um, but do I do all that work for Brian Reynolds? I don't. And that's nothing against Brian Reynolds. It's just you can get a cheaper asset without the headache, without doing all these gymnastics for a left fielder, a left fielder. If if we're talking, we need a center fielder of the future because this team has failed to develop center fielders. Or if we're talking about you need an ace because that's the final piece of your championship puzzle, then you know what? Fucking go for it. Do that. You need a shortstop because what you you haven't had a capable shortstop that's been able to be a Gold Glove caliber fielder and somebody who can you know uh, be a five tool player on the offensive you know on the offensive end as well. Then great. If you're talking about rounding out the roster and finishing off left field, 
and this is the amount of legwork that you're going to do to make it happen for a guy who's been, again, no offense to Brian Reynolds, been wasting away in Pittsburgh, obviously performing there. He had an all-star season in 2021, regressed in 2022, but still had a good year. It's just not – I'd rather a guy with longer a longer MLB history who you're going to get on a one- or two-year deal who you could still leave the door open for maybe next year's free agency or a trade next year when things start to open up. He's not a necessity right now, and for the amount of time and resources he's going to cost, it's, it's, it's more of a – that's where you start getting the spotlight on you for unnecessary reasons, right? The Yankees go out and they make this giant trade for Brian Reynolds, and then it's like, well – you spend all the all these assets. You bent over backwards to get it, so you better fucking win now. You want to talk about pressure? I think this heaps on the pressure in a in a bad way. That is exactly what I was going to say. Like it, we all that talk that we just had about how the Mets are the number one team under the microscope right now. No new Yankee would ever be under the pressure that Brian Reynolds would be on to carry them over the finish line. And how many of you folks have watched Brian Reynolds on a daily basis? Like it's, it's been beyond obvious what information people are consuming and picking and choosing in the Brian Reynolds chat. And it's also been obvious that, that none of that information is, you know, watching 85 pirates games last year. Some people are acting like Brian Reynolds is baseball's greatest player because of his 2021 season and his savant page. And some pe- somebody called Brian Reynolds a three-win player in our mentions. And it was like, so you just looked at his baseball reference from last year. Got yeah. it. Like, that is, that's not how this works. Nobody, GMs, Cashman, say what you will. I thought it was time to change the voice. And maybe I was right. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But Brian Cashman does not walk into discussions with the Pirates and go, Brian Reynolds is a, am I reading this right? 2.9 more player? Uh, you know? <laughs> Brian Reynolds, how do we value him? I don't know. We really love the player, but 145 games played last year, 542 at-bats and a 262 average. Hmm. Interesting. Like there are scouts. (laughs) There are consensuses reached. People are not making these trades based on baseball reference. They are not making these trades based on savant. A lot more is going into this. And nobody knows how Pirates people value Yankees prospects no one knows what prospects Pirates people value it's fair to say that the Pirates have been getting walked over for the past several years like that's fair right they just DFA'd both players they acquired in the Clay Holmstrand uh the Jameson Tyone deal where we gave up Miguel Yahare and Rowanzi Contreras Rowanzi posted an under four ERA last year Yahare is on the Giants now the other guys in that trade are not particularly impactful Michael Escoto, who they picked out of the deep minors, and everybody, as soon as they got him, was like, oh, man, the fourth piece in that trade is actually underrated. Hit 203 as a shortstop at low A last year. So the Pirates haven't been doing a lot of wonderful evaluating, and this package might look a little light, and it's everybody's inclination is to be like, oh, wow, the Pirates blew it again. Well, we don't know that. We don't know how they value these players, and we don't know that until it all pans out. That said, the Pirates have blown several of these in a row. Uh, the Pirates trade for Chris Archer is like the worst trade in the history of baseball. Uh, The Pirates, Joe Musgrove, uh, Colin Moran for Garrett Cole trades, an awful trade. It's a different administration, but Ben Charrington's work has not exactly been inspirational either. So uh, it's possible this package ends up looking lighter than people think, but it's also quite likely It's going to take a tippy-top prospect. It's going to hurt. And then Brian Reynolds is going to have to come in and immediately be a 6.5 war difference maker to make up for Aaron Judge's slight regression. If he can't get to 11 war next year, then you're going to hope he clocks in at 8 point something and you're going to need Brian Reynolds to be like a 6.5. Otherwise, it's going to seem disappointing. People are setting themselves up for failure on this one. And again, uh, the, the Mets have put the target on their back. Brian Reynolds getting traded to the Yankees would have a huge target on his back. Garrett Cole is lucky that he debuted in the season with no fans because that acquisition was right up there too. Brian Reynolds would be the Garrett Cole of this offseason. Yeah, it's yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And even if and look, even if the package does theoretically decrease, um, or at least if we're hearing that it's decreasing, it could just be a tactic by the Pirates to get more teams involved. So then they can start evaluating side-by-side talent okay what are what are the Dodgers willing to offer what are the Yankees willing to offer can we get a better package elsewhere 
you get more bidders in, there's more pick of the litter. You can figure out how you're going to move on and get the best possible return for a player that I don't think they want to trade him, right? They, they don't want to. Why would, why would you want to trade a good player? He's a good player. When you're trying to rebuild, you have all you have Cabrian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, um, uh, Michael Chavis is now, I guess, the fucking man for them too. Um, is he even there? Did he resign? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a I don't know. But I mean, either way, like, yeah. yeah, it's not. It, this is not. This is not how the Pirates do business. They keep the cost-controlled guys up until the very end. Maybe they trade them in year uh, before year six. They don't trade a guy in after year three. It just doesn't work like that. I've never seen this on Google before, too. You type in Pirates roster, and it gives you O'Neill Cruz in big, bold black letters. So I'm sure that's a very helpful little SEO tactic, but it does make it look like O'Neill Cruz is the entirety of the Pirates roster. <laughs> it's true. That is good. I mean, hey, they got to market the guy. He's uh, he's the guy to market for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, they just signed Austin Hedges. That's why they DFA'd Diego Castillo, who the Yankees traded for Clay Holmes. They just DFA'd Hoy Park. You already know who the Pirates' first baseman is. It's G-Man Choi. What yeah. a weird roster. They signed Carlos Santana this offseason. Cabrian, O'Neill Cruz. Vince Velasquez. Miguel Andujar. And Miguel Andujar. To start the year. It's a bad team, folks. It's yeah, not a good team. It's, it's not a good team. And then for them to get rid of, ostensibly, their best player from a production standpoint, you could say O'Neill Cruz might be the most talented, but Brian Reynolds has the, the most results under his belt. Um, it's just not realistic. And once again, Yankees fans are going to talk themselves into a pretzel. This is going to be the discourse. You know, oh yeah, we have to get Brian Reynolds now. Oh, how about this trade package? That doesn't make any sense. Um, this is just what's going to happen. You got to weather the storm. You got to stay strong. Okay. Holidays I'll tell you who's up. not going to be, I'll tell you who's not going to be in this trade package. Domingo Herman. get him out of your trade packages. He's 30 years old. He has two more years under control and he was pretty good. In 70 innings last year with terrible peripherals, he's not going to be involved. And I tweeted that he's not going to be involved. And the replies were like, well, yeah, not as a centerpiece, but like maybe as a fourth piece. No, he's not going to be involved. The Pittsburgh <laughs> Pirates do not want to mingle Herman for Brian Reynolds. I cannot make this clear. Not as a fourth piece. That's not how the fourth piece is more likely to be 18 years old and in the Dominican Summer League than he is to be Domingo Herman. That is not how any of this works. It's not Hicks. It's not Donaldson. It's not Domingo Herman. Nope. It's gonna. It's gonna take a lot of young talent. It might even. We even discuss. You even discuss potentially like if a push came to shove, like maybe Nestor Cortez. I don't want to do that. Yeah, you I don't know about that. There are three years of control on Nestor. Yeah. And it doesn't line up with their window. Yeah. It doesn't line up with their window. That's the desperation move. If they don't want any of these Yankees prospects and they say, okay, would you want an all-star from last year? And then who knows, but opens their eyes. I think there's like a 15% chance of that happening. Yeah. Probably less than 15, just because, I mean, again, the pirates are trading Brian Reynolds partially because he asked out, but also because he's their premier asset. Yeah. Not on an, he's on arbitration money. He's not on an extension. I don't know what they gain by getting Nestor Cortez other than the ability to trade Nestor Cortez again. I, I don't mm -hmm. think the A's want to thin out their rotation at that point. Montas is the five is perfect. Montas is the four is eh. And then no. the Yankees, here's another reason they're not trading Domingo Herman. They kind of need Domingo Herman. Their sixth starter is Domingo Herman. Their yeah. seventh starter is Clark Schmidt, unless he ends up in the bullpen again. They're, they're, they might trade Clark Schmidt. So then they really need Domingo Herman or an extra pitcher. And all you guys can cringe when it's Drew Smiley. But they need a six starter and they need a seven starter. Mm -hmm. And right now it's Domingo Herman. So they're not trading the next line of defense. Luis Heal is rehabbing. J.P. Sears is gone. Matt Crook is the next starter in line. They're, they're not getting rid of Domingo Herman. Yeah. Again, for a position that's expendable, you want to argue and say, well, guess what? Brian Reynolds can be this cent – they can sign him to an extension. He can be the center fielder after 2023 when Harrison Bader leaves. Then what? You're trading Jason Dominguez. You're making Jason Dominguez a left fielder. How many? How many? How many pieces are you going to move to make this work? It it requires far too much movement. It requires far too much work. And there are easier solutions that cost less that still make the Yankees good. And it's nothing against Brian Reynolds. It's the situation that has that has arisen in Pittsburgh. It's it, the, the situation does not call for us forcing the issue here. Unless the price significantly drops, the Yankees can get what they want. 
The Dodgers are also interested. They cut bait with Cody Bellinger. I think some of those fans think that was a mistake because of the defense he offered. I understand the bat was beyond frustrating over the last two and a half years, but what are the other options? You look at the other options on the trade market. Ken Rosenthal mentioned Reynolds, number one, Dylan Carlson, number two, who is, is he even good? We don't know. He's a young player. I mean, he's Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier for the Cardinals. He's in every package. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, then there's Alec Thomas, who's largely unproven. Um, and there was uh, Michael Taylor. Yeah, Are these guys like – this is this is the trade market. And then if you're going to shoot for the stars and get the number one option on the trade market when there is no demand for anybody else, you're paying the highest price and there is no room to negotiate because you can't go to the Pirates and say, hey, you know what, man? I'm going to give the Cardinals a call for Dylan Carlson. Uh, Carlson. He OPSed uh, 650 last year, so we're going to go check that out. And they'll say, great, fuck off. Go enjoy. We'll talk to the Dodgers about Brian Reynolds. So there is no way for the Yankees to get leverage here um, unless the market just naturally depreciates because the Pirates are sitting there asking for a King's ransom and no team is willing to give it up. Move on. Sign A.J. Pollock. Let me have my way, please. Wow. Merry, merry goddamn Christmas uh, to anybody coming up with Brian Reynolds. Trade rumors on Christmas Eve. And we want to give a, a happy holidays, goodbye, uh, happy trails to two Yankees who, who we love to varying degrees who will not be on the 2023 roster. Uh, that's Matt Carpenter, Matty Mustache, who signed uh, a deal that could get him up to $21 million. God bless. San Diego Padres. Uh, the Yankees were never, ever, ever going to do that. But it's $12 million guaranteed with all the buyouts and stuff, and he could earn twenty one. This is a guy who was making basically league minimum. He was on a minor league contract last year. The Yankees plucked him out of the Rangers minor league system, and he hit 15 homers in a month and a half for the New York Yankees. It's one of the best runs I've ever seen in my life. There was a time when I couldn't envision next year's roster without him. Then I saw he was getting 21 million, and you were like, no chance. Uh, He proved that baseball – he both proved that baseball isn't fair and that – uh, rewards come in different packages. So yeah. him ending his Yankees career with those horrible postseason uh, nine strikeouts and 12 at-bats, I believe, he just wasn't in rhythm. They didn't have time to get him ready. It was very yeah. upsetting. He did not help the team at all down the stretch. That was not the fitting ending to his Yankee tale. He didn't deserve that. We didn't deserve that. That was not how his 2022 season should have ended. But before the end of the year, his 2022 did end with – $21 million floating in front of him out materializing out of thin air based on a magical stretch last year that never would have happened without that Yankee season. So we all wanted Matt Carpenter's Yankee career to end with championship glory. Uh, and it didn't. And that's very, you know, makes me sad. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know why uh, that's not going to, you know, be be the end of his new york story uh but the money is the money is there we wish matt carpenter all the best uh because he he earned it yeah i uh i'm i was sad with the way his his tenure ended or tenure it's not even a tenure it was just a brief stop uh he went from offering to load the plane load the luggage on the plane to being a fucking hero every that game against the red sox where he had two three run homers at yankee stadium was electrifying um his presence in general was just uh, really influential on so many levels. He was a great post-game interview, um, just a calm presence, immediately assimilated into the dugout, um, was grateful for the opportunity for a guy who was an all-star uh, from 2013 to like 2018. He had an incredible five-year, five, six-year run. He was one of the most impressive hitters in the league. Um, kind of saw his career fall fall by the wayside a little bit, was incredibly appreciative. And then, you know, you have the postseason where it's like, why, why are you playing this guy? He's, he's not ready. Why are you doing this to him, man? Come on. So that was upsetting for me. But, hey, fuck it. $20 million he has the opportunity to make. He deserved that with that epic run that he put on. Um, he was a very – he was a very good source for the Yankees offense when they were kind of in the doldrums at that point. Um uh, a little bit before and uh, after the all-star break. Um, and then Lucas Lickey DFA'd yesterday in the corresponding move for Carlos Rodon. Um, when we signed Lickey, what was it? Two off seasons ago. It yeah, was yeah, the uh, coffee game actually. Cause uh, we, lo- we, lo- we lost, we lost, uh, yeah, we lost junior Fernandez. For junior Rodon. Fernandez for, yeah. So yeah. Farrell and junior yeah. Fernandez. Yeah. How could we forget? Oh yeah. 
Junior Fernandez's 2022 just did not end the way I thought it would. It proved that baseball <laughs> is not fair. We, we missed out on Junior Fernandez's cutter. We did. We did a whole article on that. We were pumped about it, and now it's not happening. But um, Litke, when we signed him, he, he, uh, he tweeted the picture of the coffee cup. He's a Yan- he was a Yankees fan or something. What, what, mm-hmm. the, what was the story behind that? Either way, it yeah. was good vibes. Um, he signed. He was immediately excited. He was appreciative. And then he had a good Yankees career. Sub three ERA, low ones whip, struck out a, a ton of batters. Um, unfortunately, you look at the splits, not very good in high leverage situations. Um, he actually he wasn't exactly utilized as a true um, like valuable reliever last year. Um, I know like you, you look at the stats and it might suggest otherwise, but um, you could tell every time Aaron Boone was bringing him in, it was mop-up duty, whether it was a blowout in either direction or he'd come in as like a fireman for two or three innings if the Yankees needed some help. Um, Very rarely was he in that seventh or eighth inning situation where you badly needed an out. Um, So I think the Yankees just cut their losses at that point. Again, I don't know why you would. He was making like a million dollars this year and was still an asset. Um, in some respect, you could use him to eat innings. You could use him to face lefties. Like, I feel like there was a lot of options here, but then again, judge is talking about making more moves. We need some bullpen help. Maybe we're freeing up some space as time goes on to, 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 um, fill the gaps there. Um, but farewell. It was a good run with Lucas Lickie. He outperformed. He was signed to a minor league deal, right? When he came on, it was like nothing made the roster, had a good run. Goodbye to these two guys. I enjoyed their time. I enjoyed their time. You're right. The high leverage was just not for Lucas Lickie. He was the king of the, he did some three inning saves last year. He got, he yeah. handled the job when uh, we needed it. And he was in the hundredth percentile in hard hit percentage against, I believe one of the literal best in baseball limiting hard contact. Yeah. Not a high leverage pitcher, kind of a miracle. He survived for one year, let alone two, but yeah. he survived for both of them racked up, I think close to three war in the two years. You cannot argue with the Lucas Lickie signing, which is weirdly one of the most impressive of the last couple of years in terms of providing surplus value. That said, that's sad. So yeah, let's, yeah. Hope that, let's hope some of the more recent signings end up providing more surplus value or more value in general than Lucas Lickie's. But uh, they're going to work out a trade for him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the DFA, if Jeter Downs can get claimed, then someone's going to claim Lucas Lickie's little salary. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Jeter Downs is a Washington national uh, shout out that that'll be a terrifying core in Washington. We see them in the 2034, uh, double a championship series after MLB institutes relegation and the nationals are sent down to the Eastern league and have to battle it out with the eerie sea wolves for the double a <laughs> title. Jeter Downs will be a superstar at that point. Uh, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Pre Christmas holiday edition of the Yanks go yard podcast. Uh, make sure to find us on all your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, anywhere podcasts are sold. Let us know where they're being sold so we can have a cut of that revenue because as far as I know, most of them are free. This one's free. Uh, you can also find us live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, Monday, no go. We're going to be off. But Thursday, I think we should be back, probably. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know if we won't be, but I think we will be. Uh, and hopefully the Yankees have some news before then. The, the trade market's been painfully slow. People hinted to Ken Rosenthal the other day that nothing was going to get done before the new year. That's an awful lot of time. That's another 10 yeah. days. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully some action, though. We, we need to X-lax this offseason again. Uh, the free agent market is pretty much dead. But some work to do on the trade market. Maybe somebody signs Andrew Chafin. I'm just throwing throwing darts at the wall. We had a lefty reliever article go up this morning. Give you a primer through that. But until next time... I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. It's right below my head. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Yeah. Also at YanksGoYard.com. Our bylines are there. We got content scheduled through the holiday. If you want to get away from your family, um, we know how high stress the holidays could be if you're bouncing around. Um, if your uncle's bothering you, uh, if your mom's asking you for help in the kitchen, we've all been there. Head on over there um, with all the content we've got going up over the holidays. Um, have a happy holidays, regardless of what you're celebrating. It's a time to be happy and um, love everybody, man. Come on. Got to love the Yankees, what they're doing right now. Um, we got to show our appreciation to Hal and Brian Cashman 
uh, for the work they've done so far. And we got to have the good vibes going into 2023. This is the start of a new year. So get your resolutions in line, get your attitude in check. We'll see you next week. And shout out to all our viewers and subscribers and listeners. Uh, you guys yes. are the best. You guys are the reason for the podcast. And more and more of you are joining us every week. Uh, we ask you to hit that subscribe button. If you haven't, send it to your friends. If they haven't, keep us help us grow this audience. Uh, but you guys are really showing up and showing out. We appreciate it. Uh, and this just in uh, from Howard Stern. Uh, the Yankees actually uh, are putting Domingo Herman in the trade, which I did not expect. Domingo is going to be a pretty big part of the package. Uh, next up, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, we'll see y'all next Thursday. Uh, let's get some trades done. Bye, everybody. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.